Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about speaking up, how to do it well, how to do it successfully, and also how to handle failure. Now, speaking up has been a conversation we've been having at Strategic Coach for a little while because speaking up is not something that a lot of team members are comfortable doing. Even some team leaders kind of hesitate sometimes. So I want to kind of peel back the curtain on this one a little bit and delve into it. And I want to get into how to speak up well, you know, in other words, how to voice your concerns, voice your opinion, voice your suggestions, and how to do that well, how to do it successfully so that you're heard, but also how to handle it when things don't go your way, when you don't get the answer that you want. How do we respond to that well as opposed to in terms of a negative reaction? So that's the conversation we're going to have today. So let's define what speaking up is and sometimes why it's easy and why it's hard. So speaking up is simply really putting forth your idea. It could be a problem that you see that needs to be solved. It could be a new initiative that you think would be really worthwhile making. Often it does come in the form of wanting to fix something that you perceive to be broken. But often it can also be something that you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we did this? Receptive ears or deaf ears, but you want to voice something and get it out there. And it can feel a little bit challenging sometimes to disrupt the status quo. If I look at the reasons why people don't speak up, assuming that they don't have someone who's going to tromp all over them. But a lot of the reasons why people don't talk or don't give voice to their thoughts is that they don't feel like it's their place. They don't want to disrupt things. They don't want to be perceived as negative. They want to keep the positive kind of vibe that's going on. They don't want to upset anyone. And they know that change tends to be disruptive. So they don't want to rock the boat. And they may not want to deal with the fallout. Maybe they need to identify something that is important and urgent, but they're really scared that it could be noisy and messy and loud (laughs) as they go to deal with the situation. So these are all things that can really hold people back. And I want to talk about this from two contexts. One is if you're the one that needs to speak up more and share your opinion and your thoughts or your advice. But the other one is also if you're someone who's trying to create a culture of more transparency and more openness, and you need to be willing to receive some feedback maybe that you were hoping not to hear. So how do you handle it from both sides? I want you to have both of those hats on as I'm talking here. One of the things I was thinking about with regard to speaking up is that for us on our team, one of the reasons why people don't speak up is because we're all so friendly. We really like each other. We care about each other. We're friends outside of work. And that translates to people not going, "Um, hey, I really didn't like it when this happened. (laughs) We tend to hesitate or hold back on addressing those kind of sticky issues. We just want to stay friends. So that's another thing that people are leery of risking is upsetting the good relationships that they have. But I think it's really, really important, and a number of great authors on teamwork will agree with me, it's important that there's enough trust in the system and that you address the fear of conflict that people have to really voice these issues, because these are the things that need to be handled so that you and your company can grow. If it's a status quo all day, every day, mm, you're not growing. Things need to be challenged. They need to grow. They need to change in order for you to be able to take on these new and bigger opportunities. And you can't do it if you're doing it the same way you've always done it. So if you are committed to growth and organizational health, as Patrick Lencioni talks about, then making sure that you have a trusting organization where you can have healthy conflict and dialogue is really, really essential. And by the way, if you want to dive much more deeply into this, please, please read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, because I've just mentioned the first two dysfunctions, lack of trust and fear of conflict, because it's an absolutely brilliant take on what holds so many teams back. 
So I'm a big fan, as you can probably tell. He's also written about organizational health in his book called The Advantage. Pretty much anything that he writes is great to have on your bookshelf and in your brain. So make sure you run out and get that if you haven't already. So how do you address this? How do you address this fear of conflict if it's within you or within your company? What do you actually do? Well, first of all, you want to create a safe environment where it is safe for people to speak up, where they're not going to be ridiculed. You're not going to have eye rolling. You're not going to have passive aggressive behavior (laughs) happening when people make a suggestion. But you can also coach people on how to give feedback and on how to receive it. So let's talk about how to give good feedback or to speak up well. First of all, what's really important is to really look at the how you're giving feedback. Let's just call speaking up feedback for a moment. There's a constructive way and there's a non-constructive way or destructive way. Now, if you have a creative solution, that is fantastic. So if you see a problem, it's really important that you don't just come and dump the problem in someone's lap. It's like, this is a mess. This is a disaster. Fix this. First of all, the person you're talking to will be like, ugh, thanks a lot. Not. <laughs> Please go away and I'll forget that I ever had this conversation. And then they're going to look at you as someone who raises problems but doesn't come with solutions. And here's the secret. If you see an issue, don't just go and come running in and rant on somebody. No, stop. Think. Take that emotional response, which is very useful and valid, but use that energy to come up with a creative solution. We call it the difference between being reactive and creative. What I love is that reactive and creative have the same letters in the word, only rearranged. So rearrange your response. And instead of just complaining about something, again, not a reputation anyone wants to have, come up with a creative solution. Say, here's the problem I see, and I brainstorm several different ways that I think it could get fixed. I know I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to be able to talk it through with you. And that is a conversation I love having. If someone just comes and complains to me, I pretty much want to shut the door and make them go away. If someone says, I see a problem and I've come up with some solutions, but I really would appreciate your input and your advice. I'm like, oh, great. Let me add it. <laughs> Don't we all love solving problems, especially when they're other people's? Absolutely. So that is a much more constructive, positive way to handle an issue as opposed to just being negative. So that would be one number one thing to do. The other thing that you want to pay attention to, and I've kind of been alluding to this, is your tone. How are you talking? Are you whiny? Are you complainy? You know, if you're going to vent, say, I just need to vent, and then give yourself two minutes, tops, tops, and then stop and get into the creative zone. By the way, please only talk to someone who can put it in a vault and (laughs) not bring it out again. Make sure you go back and let them know when the issue's been resolved so they're not having to keep it and handle your venting energy. But you want to make sure that you speak in such a way that's respectful, that acknowledges the other person has a point of view as well, that you're not making somebody wrong. You know, our tone of voice conveys a lot. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. I certainly am not. But I try to at least be aware. And if I'm being whiny, I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I know I'm being whiny. And own it. (laughs) Don't make it someone else's problem. You want to really make sure that you converse in such a way that the other person can actually hear you as opposed to just resenting the fact that you're taking up their time. The other thing you want to do is be open to feedback. And this is hard to do when we're mad. So that's why it's good to take a little bit of a calming off period. And you want to be open to the fact that you probably don't have all the answers. You may not even know the whole scope of the problem or know the why behind the situation. You'll be a much better participant in the solution of something if you can listen to other people's input or other people's perspective. 
Again, this is why you want to use the energy that you have, especially if it's reactive, to move it into your rational mind so you can think it through at the front of your brain, not just our mammalian brain that likes to react and do fight, flight, or freeze. You want to actually put it into your cognitive realm and think it through. But that energy we get from our response to something can actually ignite that process. So it's all useful and good, but only if you make sure it ends up on the rational side of things. Now, again, not to say you can't be passionate about something, but make sure you have some logic with it as well. So that's really how to give positive feedback, how you want to put forth a problem, come up with some solutions, ask for people's advice, be respectful, be open to new input, and work on something together. Be a partner in that whole kind of process. Certainly, if you're the person giving the feedback, that's great. If you're the person receiving it, you're probably, you know, as I've been mentioning, you want to receive information that way. You don't want to be ranted at. You want to have someone to come in and say, hey, I could use some help with something. Great. Most of us are well able to do that. Now, what happens when you do not get the answer that you're looking for, even if it's rational and reasonable and well thought out? What if the answer is, nope, we can't do it. We're not going to do it. Not now. Not ever. They shut it down and put it away. How do you handle that situation? I see a lot of people, especially if they're newer in the company and they are so excited about having a voice, especially if we've created a venue for that. So we've, we've done that in our company where we want to have people's suggestions for improvements. They're like, oh, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And the challenge has been for some of the people who've been with the company a long time is like, oh, well, actually, it's going to sound a bit trite, but we have tried that before and it didn't work and here's why. Or in terms of a priority, it's just not right now, or the timing's not good, the budget's not there for something. You know, there are lots of reasons for a no that are very valid strategic reasons. However, it may not be what you want to hear. So how do we handle that? Now, first of all, recognize that you are probably going to have some kind of an emotional response to that. And the deal here is to make sure that you own it as your response and not to blame it on somebody else. And one of the best ways to do that, in my experience, is to say, oh, that really was not the answer I was looking for. Very clear, very honest, but you're not putting it over onto the other person. You're saying, that wasn't the answer I was looking for. Or you can say, I'm really disappointed. I was really excited by this. Then the other person, if they have any modicum of emotional intelligence whatsoever, can say, oh, I can see you're disappointed. I'm sorry. It would be a great thing to do. However, right now, because of time, money, resources, whatever, it just isn't something we can take on. So then you know you're understood. So that's kind of a best case scenario. And then the other thing you do is say, you know what, just so that I can come up with better solutions or suggestions in the future, can you tell me why? Just really help me understand. Now, what's kind of neat in that process is one of two things. One is you'll be much better educated in terms of how your company actually works or what the concerns are that that person has that you're speaking with. The other thing is you might actually find the seed of the solution. Out of what they're talking about and the obstacles that they're giving you, you can probably go, oh, well, I can think of a faster, easier, cheaper, better way to do that. If we did it this way instead, could it maybe work? And they'll go, oh, well, yes, maybe it actually could. And then you've come to an alignment and agreement on that. That would be a pretty exciting win. But if you just get mad and half off... <laughs> It's not going to work because you haven't educated yourself. You haven't figured out the why behind it. Again, this is a best case scenario. So you have to be at your best and so does the other person. At the very, very least, even if your idea is shut down, maybe you don't get all the information that you want. Maybe there's no shortcut that you can find to make it work. You need to feel really good that you had the commitment and the courage to speak up. 
This is a strength. This is an ability. This is a skill that you are refining and developing, and you should be really, really proud of yourself for this. One of the things that I think really indicates a great leader is someone who can, in a situation, and this happens in a lot of team leadership meetings, if you're not one, (laughs) you can appreciate this. If you are a team leader, you probably experienced it. Some team leadership meetings are loud. People don't have a fear of conflict, and so they're voicing their opinion, and they're contradicting one another, and like, no, I think that's a bad idea. And it's like, this is really important because, and it can look a little from the outside, a little stressful because people are invested and they care deeply and they want this to really work. And then sometimes you'll see people completely flip and go, oh, well, if that's the case, my idea is terrible. That will never work. Or other times you'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm really invested in this, but the timing's wrong. I'm silly to keep forcing this issue. I just need to back off. I have heard people say those things in meetings. What I really appreciate about a really great team is that everyone, no matter how heated the debate, I appreciate when people keep it on issues, not on personalities, but they're having a heated debate about a particular issue, where at the end, they all align on the final decision. They walk away, and they all support it. There's no backtalk. There's no backbiting. There's not like, me, me, me. I wish my idea didn't get accepted. It's none of that. They're like, well, I spoke up. I said my piece. But if that's not what we're going to do as a company, that's okay. I'm going to support the decision that we did make. And that really, I think, indicates a really successful leadership group. I think it represents a successful team leader. When people do have the courage to speak their voice, to say what they think, obviously in service of the company's goals, but then also have the wherewithal to realize that not every single one of our opinions is right. Not all of our points of view are going to be adopted. People see the world in different ways. And there are constraints that we sometimes just have to adapt to. And that is the sign of someone who is aware, who is contributing. And again, I think often, if they're not already in leadership, (laughs) they really should be, because they have the right skill set and mindset for it. So again, it's really, really important that we recognize that our points of view are interesting to us, that they're valid, that they have some merit behind them, and to put them forth in a way that's constructive and useful, and that sometimes they simply will not be adopted, and that's okay too. The whole point here is that you did have the commitment and the courage to speak up. So congratulations. I hope you are energized and excited to kind of put some ideas out there that you might not have otherwise, that you have clarity about how to do that well. And if you're on the receiving end, that you also know how to do that a little bit better. But regardless, what's most important here is that you say what you think is important, that's an important contribution to the company, and that whether or not your idea gets accepted, that you've done the right thing and you've done it well. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questions@strategiccoach.com. I love hearing them. I love responding to them. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach program for entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.